quote, the last place parents would expect their children to be confronted with content regarding sexual orientation. Issues of this nature are being introduced too early and too soon. This was uttered by the group One Million Moms in response to Toy Story 4. The scene in question was at Bonnie's kindergarten class when there are two women in the background vaguely saying goodbye to a child. Oh my God. They say the smallness and insignificance of the scene was to normalize the homosexual agenda and corrupt our children. But did media succeed in corrupting us? We're going to talk about it because today we're discussing the media that made us gay on today's... We're not affiliated with Netflix. Welcome to Kid Flicks, the podcast where it'll try to definitively rank every kid's movie ever made. I'm your host, Ross Wiseman, and this show is not for kids, so turn this off and use Vaseline because you think that they'll card you at Rite Aid if you try to buy lube. <laughs> Woo! That's a way to start off. Uh, we are live here at the Philly Podcast Festival 2019. Uh, it is we are in the middle of an insane heat wave, so our crowd is a little bit light, and so are our spirits, but we're still having a good time. <laughs> uh, before I introduce my guests, I just want to thank uh, the Philly Podcast Festival and Tattooed Mom for having us, as well as the Everything is Awesome podcast for mixing this episode. Of course, we want to thank OB Media, Philly Banner Express, T-House Screen Printing, Bridge Set Sound, and everybody who worked to make this festival possible. But the people that are making this episode possible, they are both comedians in the Philadelphia area. They're both Latinx. I, that's right, right? Is, I don't know We're how Latinx. to, I don't know how to sure. pluralize it. I say Latinx. Cool. And I know Alejandro says it once in his stand-up, so Latinx, I'm like, cool. Right. But you can also say Latinx if you want. Latwinks? I've never heard. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, uh, my two guests today are Latwinks. Uh, <laughs> give it up. It's Alejandro Morales and Oliver Deleuze. Thank you guys Ooh. so much for making time. On, I think it is like the hottest day on record. One it's of the hot. in the Philadelphia area. Yeah, it's scorcher. Yeah, but we all made it here. We're all drinking, which is going to help us. Uh, I have to drive after this, so cool. oops. Um, <laughs> mm. So... Today the topic is um, uh, media that made us gay mm -hmm. in some uh, regards. So real quick, so just uh, so it's clear, uh, my pronouns are he, him, and I identify as gay. How about you, Alejandro? I, uh, I identify as uh, non-binary. My uh, pronouns are he and him, and I'm gay as hell. Cool. And Oliver? Uh, I identify as non-binary. My pronouns are they, them, theirs. Amazing. And so... Um, I was really excited to switch things up because I always try to do something different for the live episode that isn't just like, this is a movie that we all kind of liked. And I get really Southern for the episode. <laughs> but so, yeah, so we're talking about movies and TV shows that made us gay. So, you know, as we, as we all probably are aware, uh, when you're queer, before you kind of realize it, you have different aha moments. So usually mm -hmm. it's like uh, a, 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 a classmate touches your hand and you're like, ooh, flutter. Or uh, you take two weeks of a karate class and you're like, this sucks, and then you quit. Uh, and your mom's okay with it because now you have more time for play rehearsal. You know, these are all universal experiences that we've all experienced. Oh, definitely. Um, and also, uh, what I said in the intro, that was 100% true, that I thought that lube was like cigarettes, that you had to be 18 or older to buy wow. it. Um, wow, wow, wow. But, <laughs> but regardless, so let's talk about... Um, different uh, media that kind of gave our awakenings. And um, Oliver, I feel like I want to start with you because um, I'm very excited to talk about this. So you said that Who Framed Roger Rabbit 
and specifically Jessica Rabbit oh, was kind of big for you? Most definitely. Uh, most of my cartoon crushes that I didn't realize I had crushes, it's all like in retrospect, Sure. Uh, were definitely hot cartoons. One being <laughs> Jessica Rabbit and Who Framed Roger Rabbit. You know, she's just so hot, and she's not bad. She's just drawn that way. Yeah. <laughs> also, like, suspiciously hot for a movie aimed at children. Oh, yeah. Um, and, like, a lot of violence. And, like, did you get... Were you, like, really hot and bothered seeing Jessica Rabbit, and you would try to masturbate by going, Breeze! <laughs> <laughs> I just identified with Roger Rabbit so strongly, and, like, <laughs> seeing him have such a hot wife, I was like, that is Oh, I forgot that they were married. Uh, yes. It's a very loving relationship. I don't know why, but I think in my head that she was married to the baby. But now that I said that out loud, that's the worst thing that I could have said. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but yeah, so so kind of uh, like w- how long after kind of seeing Roger Rabbit did you kind of start to piece together aspects of your sexuality? Oh, wow. I don't even remember the first time I saw Who Framed Roger Rabbit. But I feel like most of the the movies that I'm going to talk about are all, like, late 90s. So I was, like... I mean, I was born in 95. Uh, oh, 96. Nice. So. You have to say it all, <laughs> We're not pressuring 94. you. Uh, <laughs> so I feel like all those movies that I saw when I was like, yeah, uh, like under the age of six years old, mm-hmm. those were just like, I don't know why I'm so intrigued and also uncomfortable. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like I, I felt like I was always doing things as a kid where I would like see um, like stuff targeted at boys, and I'd be like, well, that kind of stuff seems kind of boring. Like, if it didn't involve make believe, and like, I think the most manly thing that I was into as a kid was like spy stuff, and I feel like even that is like the Spies most flamboyant aspect of straight Whoa. culture. <laughs> spy kids, though? Yeah, I, um, genderless. I love, yeah, <laughs> Junie and Carmen are genderless <laughs> beings. Um, actually, no, the genderless beings are all of those uh, things that. Uh, the thumbs? Floop made. Oh, yeah. yeah. The Fooglies. Yeah. The f- wow. You really just pulled that out. <laughs> Excuse me. Spy Kids 2 was, all, or Spy Kids and Spy Kids 2 were also uh, huge for my yeah. upbringing. They I were the first, like, Latinx family. And then, and oh, Robert, that's a good Robert point. Rodriguez directed those, right? Yeah. yeah. He did, yeah. And I don't, I only know Robert Rodriguez as the Spy Kids guy. Like, I, <laughs> I, I, I should, you know, I should uh, be more cultured. But, like, I remember watching, he had these special features where he was like, you can make your own home movies and just put a lot of special effects on them, and then they can be cool. And I was like, how do I do this, Robert Rodriguez, the director of Only Spy Kids? <laughs> 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 Only Spy Kids. Wait, what else has he done? Dust Till Dawn, from Dust Till Dawn, he, uh, and, yeah. and El Mariachi. Was nope. he the one who did that one movie that the person had um, a machine gun for a leg? Yeah, yeah. Oh. Uh, it was the Death Proof or the other one. The, the grind, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Death Proof is Quentin Tarantino, So it was no? the other one. Yeah, which was well, I think I remember that, and I thought, like, oh, wow, the guy from Spy Kids does, like, a lot of cool stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Spy Kids really just, like, blew Planet up his ter- career. <laughs> Planet Terror? Um, ah. Yes. Yeah. No, I think yeah. so. Yeah. That's and, and I don't know about um, you guys, but I always felt like it was... It was just like all the stuff that was targeted at boys was just super boring. And like even like the non like super girly girl stuff, I was like, at least like there's stuff going on here. And I wish I could think of a specific example right (laughs) now, but uh, I was just talking off the top of my head. I I, I used to live for like adventure girl stuff. Like it. So I am Uh I am uh, an elder millennial. I'm America's Mm -hmm. oldest living millennial. (laughs) I was born in '81. 
so that's where the Pew Research Center puts the beginning of millennials at. And anything that millennials love, it's the Pew Research Center. So <laughs> that's who I am. But, you know, I love, uh, like, I love Rainbow Bright. I love, like, oh, yeah. like, Girl on an Adventure. She-Ra, like, Girl on an Adventure. That was, that was my genre. So that, I don't know if that made me gay, but it's, it's, wor- it's what I most closely identified with was, like, a very strong... Because I, I think those characters kind of had more of, like, um, a duality of, like, oh, they can be tough as fuck, but then they can also be, like, gentle and sympathetic to animals and other people. I mean, I was into the pink Power Ranger and the yellow one. Because I was like, they kick ass, but they're also hot women. <laughs> I could never get into Power Rangers because, like, my friend tried to show it to me, and I thought it was so weird that all every episode they're just, like punching in like just some clearing in the middle of a field and it's like where where are we <laughs> that's not important <laughs> yeah. uh, what about you Alejandro what's uh, what's kind of one of your picks of uh, like media that just kind of helped solidify your sexuality all right so definitely like the first thing that I remember that gave me any kind of a weird like tingle uh, was I, so I, I grew up in a, in a trailer. Uh, a trailer park called Shady Acres mm. uh, in the early 80s. That uh, seems too on the nose. A little too on the nose. <laughs> and one of the channels that we that we got was MTV. So I actually grew up, I was born the same year as MTV, and I grew up with MTV. Mm. So I watched a lot of music videos, mm-hmm. uh, you know, just going into my like early single digits. So I remember um, being like four or five years old watching MTV and the music video for... Uh, Material Girl by Madonna. Oh. Where she's doing this Marilyn Monroe thing in a pink dress, and then there are like 17 dudes in tuxedos just just <laughs> vying for her favor, I guess. Mm-hmm. And they're tumbling over each other on this like staircase and giving her roses or rings, and they're just all around her. And of course, you know, I'm like four or five years old. I don't understand what sexuality is or adult sexuality at all. But I knew that I wanted them to want my yeah. favor. I want it to be Madonna <laughs> being surrounded by these these men in, in suits. Yeah, it's powerful. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it was very powerful. Did, sure. Have you ever gotten close to like a group of chivalrous gentlemen? <laughs> chivalrous? No. Is, is, that, what I would, <laughs> I is been, that what you would call that? <laughs> have you been adored by a group of tuxedoed men? Yeah. <laughs> adored? I don't know. Adored? <laughs> I, mean, I, I mean, if they Tolerated. don't give you interest payments, you just walk away. <laughs> So there was that. There's also the Take on Me video by Aha. Uh-huh. That was that animated sketch thing mm-hmm. where like that that woman uh, brings that that dude out of the drawing to mm-hmm. be like. And I'm, the, the longing of that, I definitely felt, and I definitely felt it in the direction of this, of this of the guy. You know, oh, yeah. I, I cast myself as the woman. Well, I think just yeah. like any any like transportation to like a different world always interested me. Yeah. I was just like, oh wow, like things could be different in another world or Ooh. life. Uh, but like uh, I, I always, this is completely off topic. But I just remember <laughs> like when I was little, I think like another one of my indications that like oh I'm definitely not straight. I had a lot of dreams where like I I had a vagina and I was it was awesome, and I was like that's not yeah. fair. I don't get how people don't wish that they had different sets of genitalia at the same time. Like yeah. I wish that I also had a penis. You know how sick that would be. It would be sure. very fun. <laughs> I think. People walked in and walked <laughs> out oh, when I said vagina, that. Vagina, vagina, penis, uh, penis, vagina, vagina. I like penis. went to this one show that had a. It was um, it was comedian psychoanalysis at Good Good. So they have comedians do their sets, and then they have therapists analyze it. And at the end, one comedian was like asking the therapist, "Do I have penis envy?" 
And the therapist said, I don't think that's a real thing. And that is a <laughs> fucked up lie because <laughs> it would be dope to have both. Yeah. Yeah. I like, I, it just seems more convenient. Like, I feel like I could, I could buy many different types of pants because like I have to be like, oh, I don't want to show off that I, you know, I got my, my dong hanging out. Right. Um, you know how it is, fellas. <laughs> There's no men in the audience. Uh, <laughs> they're all like, gay. I don't want people to think I'm gay. Bye. Um, <laughs> but uh, uh, that actually kind of makes me think of, so the, my big thing, mm-hmm. my big like piece of media that kind of laid the seed for my sexuality is the 2003 Lindsay Lohan, Jamie Lee Curtis version of Freaky Friday. Yes. I love that movie. I had a crush oh. on uh, both of the girls in the band. Oh, I mean, all yeah. three of them in Pink Slip. They were so dope. And uh, well, the dad was pretty. The dad was pretty dad too, right? Like, uh, oh, Mark Harmon. Yeah, yeah. Right. And when he would yell "Tess" <laughs> when she was like running over away. But I like, I the, I have this really vivid memory, and I feel like whenever I say something on the show, I always say I have this vivid memory. But <laughs> I um, I remember leaving the theater after my whole family we went to see it, and I like pretended that I switched bodies with my dad. But I also, in my mind, had like really long, flowing hair, Aww. like Lindsay Lohan, and that was just a weird moment of just like, what, what is happening in me? But I, like, I think I always had like a mild fantasy in my head of like, oh, I'm, I can like, if I could like shapeshift or like change bodies, <sighs> yeah. uh, and then it would be like, oh, I won't be seen as gay. I'm just like a straight woman, mm. which seems chill. Mm-hmm. Uh, which I've learned as I grow up. Oh, it's hard. <laughs> <laughs> it's really hard, you guys. Um, but that that was like a big one for me. Like just anything involving body switching or like uh, shape shifting. Okay. I, I still think it. about that. Yeah. yeah. I feel like with my gender dysphoria, I just wish that each morning started like a Sims avatar creator. Where you can, like, <laughs> I wish that my titties were Velcroed. Mm-hmm. So like some days I can have them on and feel great about it, and then other days I can just leave them in my dresser drawer. That is the. Dr- I mean, Velcro bodies I think would just be fantastic. In <laughs> yeah. General. yeah, I'd be so into it. I would definitely Velcro some more butt on my butt. I want a bigger butt. Oh yeah. Oh, you can have mine. I'm sick of it. <laughs> Get out of here. Oh, I want a little shelf. See, then we can like trade. <laughs> it's like, it's like we any, can share. Any type of flirting where they're like, I love that you have like a big ass. I'm like, what? <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't want this. I'm this just, big thing? <laughs> I've like increased my pant waist size because like I need it to like all go in. That's so hot. Yeah, yeah. It's fine. It's okay. Don't worry about it. I mean, the grass is always greener, right? Yeah. <laughs> so wait, I wanted to chime in because sure. when we were talking before before about uh, thinking that you would have like a different like set of, of, of genitals, mm-hmm. I had a sex dream growing up that I was uh, doing it with prints Oh, yeah, in wow. the football field behind my high school. <laughs> yes. Wait, what? Yeah. The only place to fuck Prince. <laughs> and Prince had a vagina. In the dream, I was topping Prince and, and Prince. Uh, yes. And, huh. Yeah, and it was hot. It was Do a great Do you remember dream. like if if he was singing it? Like, was there a song? <laughs> no, no, it was not a song. It was just hot action. Uh, <laughs> you just was purple, purple, right? Um, gross. Uh, <laughs> uh, so, Oliver, do you have, do you have another uh, Oh, uh, yeah. I have that, a like, whole really list out? of movies that made me gay. Um, yeah. Next one, I think, uh, Roxanne in a Goofy movie. Realized, oh. realized just an hour before I came here, I was telling my friend the list of people. And he was like, Roxanne. I was like, yeah, you know that hot dog? Because <laughs> they're fucking dogs in a goofy movie. And I forgot about that. So that's the, that's the one that Max is like going after the whole time. Yes. And like 
all the men in the Goofy universe are ugly. Like, they all got hit by a bus right Max before going on screen. Max is adorable. I think Max is cute. He's fine. He's like, oh, come on, Dad. I mean, if my dad was Goofy, I'd be like, I need to leave everywhere forever. <laughs> but she, yeah, I remember Roxanne is, like, weirdly sexy for a dog. <laughs> for a dog. I mean, the way that they, I mean, she's wearing cute, like, high-waisted shorts. She's kind of got a crop going on. I don't know why. She's got some dog titties. Uh, she has beautiful, long, flowing hair and the cutest nose. And I remember, like, growing up and wishing that I w- was Max. Because oh, I, I yeah. always identify with, like, the teen boys who are pining after these girls. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just thought that she was the dreamiest. <laughs> <laughs> you, you laugh at me? <laughs> no, I laughed and then I also burped because I've been drinking my drink really quickly. <laughs> but no, this is a judgment-free zone in the, in the AC refuse of... Um, <laughs> Uh, tattooed mom. Yeah, incredible. Um, oh, also Lola Bunny in Space Jam. Oh. She's so hot. Like, I'm not attracted to women, but I'm like, I get it. Yeah, <laughs> see, you don't have to be attracted to women to understand why Lola Bunny is so hot. It's also, I guess, like, I never was attracted to cartoon men because, like, they're all schlumpy. Like, oh my God, like, if I was dating Bugs Bunny, I would be <laughs> miserable. I guess, like, I'm the Bugs Bunny usually in relationships now. Right, that's why I identified with Roger Rabbit. <laughs> it's like, I am the loser here. Hey, no, we're cool. <laughs> we're talking into microphones yeah, on a Sunday afternoon. I would do it to Archer. Can I? That, wait, what? Archer? Archer? Yeah, Archer's hot. Very mask. Oh. Very buff. Her, yeah. Well, I think adult cartoons, that's a whole nother yeah, thing. It's still, but yeah, I, right. I never, I, I, no, an, no animal cartoons really ever. Uh, okay. okay. No, I just okay. didn't, okay. I just, I'm, I'm, I'm searching my. What no, else was my frame of reference? I couldn't, because like, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to think, like, was it Buster Bunny? No, I know, or, or, or Hampton Pig. It's High Tune Adventures, if anything, was like during that formative uh, era oh, of my man. life. I feel I like. I would have been attracted to a cartoon. I feel like Buster and I, from Arthur, right? Arthur? Mm-hmm. Yeah, are we talking about Arthur? No, Buster, Buster Bunny was Tiny Tiny Toon Adventures. It was a Warner Brothers cartoon, oh. but like kid versions of them. Oh, no, I'm thinking oh. Buxter, Buster Baxter from Arthur. Because him and I, Baxter. like, oh, we Say would have like a very, we would have a very just like long-term, limitedly sexual, but relationship. This is also weird. I just remembered he's in elementary school in the show. Um, oops. But you were a kid. Okay, <laughs> yeah, think about that. Future Ross, delete this. I'm not going <laughs> to. Um, <laughs> But what about you? Well, Alejandro, your big one, you were talking beforehand about the never-ending story. Mm-hmm. So what... I don't know much about that movie except for, like, the giant dog. Are you uh, talking about the giant dog? No! <laughs> okay, at least my thing wouldn't be that weird. We've been flirt- <laughs> Please tell no, me I it was mean, the hot dog. We've been flirting with bestiality this whole time, so I mean, why not just talk about it? Well, you know, you know, going into the the cats movie coming out, I think we're going to be talking a lot about uh, how hot animals are uh, going into the next few months. But mm-hmm. yeah, Falcor as a sort of a, a cuddly, uh, take care of you, looking out for you, loving you figure. Yeah, I kind of, I kind of get that. For me, Never Ending Story was about uh, the, the the gay aspect, or what gave me that that feeling was the relationship, or the I don't know the. The sort of unified uh, goals of Atreyu and 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 Bastion, because mm-hmm. Bastion is reading the story about Atreyu and is Atreyu in a way. It's it's so they're they're so closely connected, and that's what gave me feelings uh, when I was a kid. 
just kind of like this very close, almost that, that camaraderie very close to it. identification between two two male protagonists. Yeah, yeah. Mm. I mean, I guess I guess I kind of felt a similar way with like Bert and Ernie, <laughs> even though like I the Henson Workshop is very clear that nobody on Sesame Street has any sexual identification. Pathetic. Yeah. <laughs> Except for Snuffy. Snuffy is uh, kinky as hell. Uh, <laughs> Hi, bird. So is Animal. <laughs> yeah, Animal is a very sexy. Animal is so into BDSM. Yeah, but like... Yeah, he drums with like a chain around his neck. Yeah. For sure. Well, I mean, this is a whole different category okay, in itself. Well. Like, which, which of the Muppets would you fuck? That's a whole, wow. That's a that's whole a, that's other a, podcast. A, that'll be a different episode in itself. <laughs> which of the Muppets would you... I do think Kermit Ooh. is asexual, though. Um. Yeah, I I get along. I could vibe with that. <laughs> um, like, I maybe Gonzo. Yeah, Gonzo seems like good giving in game. Yeah, he and Gonzo. G-G-G-G. I mean, I mean, we're talking bestiality. That dude loves chickens oh, specifically. <laughs> this, is taking, uh, this is taking a real turn. Yeah. <laughs> I'll make sure to UTM tag this bestiality just in case. Um, uh, another big one for me. Uh. And I, like, forgot about this until, Alejandro, you and I were talking a little bit before mm-hmm. the show, but um, the movie version of Chicago the Musical uh-huh. was, like, really big for me. Like, I, no one will gasp in this room if I said that I was, like, a theater kid at all. No one's going to be like, <laughs> no, you? Uh, but, the gay holding the mic? <laughs> <laughs> but I, w- I was in fourth or I think I was in fifth grade, and I was auditioning for my elementary school's production of The King and I, and I really wanted to sing um, uh, Memory from Cats. Aww. And my dad, who, like, I'm sure in my head it was really mean, but I bet it was very innocuous. And inside he was like, you should, like, sing, because if, if I wanted to be the king, it's like, you can't sing Memory. Sing, like, something like Manly or something. So I went with Razzle Dazzle from Chicago. Yes! Which is a whole song <laughs> about throwing glitter and having a circus <laughs> And so <laughs> I was cast as Anna's son, who has three lines of dialogue. Damn. And <laughs> part of my block. It's because you didn't sing memory. I know. I fucked up. But, I mean, I did get to skip in a sailor suit on stage and whistle. <laughs> so, yeah. I guess I was gay back then. <laughs> oh, that's so sweet. When you came out, did people say to you, like, oh, I kind of knew? And did that ever not feel really condescending and mean <laughs> you want to go on uh, no you go first uh so i grew up in a really conservative uh small town in north county san diego where there were orange groves avocado groves and then mormon churches catholic churches and christian churches so yeah someone's nodding their head in the audience yeah <laughs> they understand it was a fucked up place uh valley center california is where i'm from and there, I could not give any inkling of my queerness or my transness, like mm-hmm. all growing up, uh, and it terrified me. So I didn't come out to anybody publicly until I was like out in college, like far, far away. Yeah, like when you have that like buffer zone. Yeah, when I was like safe from um, so many people's bigotry. And when I came out to people, they they didn't totally know. I think the only person that I ever came out to that said, like, I had an idea was my dad. And I came out to him. I came out to my mom my freshman year of college. 
And she was crying and she was like, don't tell your dad. He's not going to be happy about it. Don't tell anybody. So I didn't, I kept that a secret from my dad for like another year and a half. And then one night I called him and I was like crying. And I was like, I have to tell you, like, I'm, I'm queer. I'm gay. And he, he was crying and he was like, I always had a feeling that you were bisexual and like, I don't care. You're my favorite person. Aww. So when he said it like that, I was like, okay, great. You picked up the hints that I was dropping growing up. Because one day, my dad and I got into a heated argument when he said that he didn't think Angelina Jolie was hot. <laughs> and I, like, yelled at him. I was like, just objectively, her face is, like, perfectly symmetrical. <laughs> and I was just so amped about it. And then after that conversation, I remember going to my room and being like, okay, everybody knows. But my mom was just, like, really putting it off. But my my dad was like, I picked up on what you were kind of dropping over the years, mm-hmm. and I'm here for you. So it didn't piss me off. It That's was nice. Great. And then, speaking of yelling, Alejandro, I know <laughs> <laughs> the way that I came out to my father was during a fight. That's right. Yeah. He is Im- he's an immigrant from South America, and uh, we used to have a lot of fights. And then when I was about 17, my dad uh, was feeding me another one of his hard luck immigrant stories. And he turns to me and he goes, what could possibly be so hard about your life? And I took my dramatic moment and I said, you know what's so hard about my life, dad? I'm gay. And I run up the stairs like Stephanie Tanner on Full House. Gay, 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 gay. I love it. Yeah, that was that was all the drama that I wanted out of that. What was the aftermath like? Was he well, like, oh, I fucking knew it? Well, no, I wanted my dad. I wanted him to like come up the stairs and like knock on my door and like have like that sitcom dad heart to heart. But he's like holding Danny a basketball Tanner. for some reason. Yeah, <laughs> <He's> like, <laughs> right. No, he, Ready he, to shoot some hoops yeah. with my gay son. <laughs> no, he avoided me for a month after that. And then he just needed to know that I had not been molested. That was the only thing. After after he got over the initial shock, he just needed to be reassured for me that I had not been molested into being gay. And then once I was like, nobody has laid a hand on me, and I'm very frustrated about that. <laughs> <laughs> but that was enough for him. And then he was really cool about it after that. That's good. Yeah. Yeah, my, my parents are annoyingly supportive, which I know is a crazy thing to say. And like, obviously, <laughs> there are people that like don't have supportive parents. So I, I came out three times so uh like uh macklemore literally copied off me when i because when i was in the third grade i thought that i was gay (laughs) and i told that to my mom in the car we were like going to get groceries and she was like yeah but don't you have a girlfriend i was like oh yeah and then we dropped it um and then when i was 20 i came out like after a family dinner like we were at um uh this italian restaurant and i was like i need i'm waiting for like a lull that they're like so, what's new with you, Ross? And I'd be like, well, it's funny you say that. <laughs> um, but it didn't come, so we were all leaving, like, we were all going our separate w- ways, and I was like, uh, I was like, by the way, I'm bi, bye. and then I ran <laughs> to the car. Uh, <laughs> and then when I came out as gay, um, my, my mom, like, looked at me, because we were having a conversation, and she was like, but, like, aren't you gay? And I was like, yeah. And then I was like, well, that was easy. <laughs> uh, Do you feel like coming out as bisexual first, like, softened the blow? It did, but also I come from a liberal, liberal, liberal Jewish family. Mm. So I, and uh, my family thought that my brother was the gay one. Oh. Um, so I think they were chill with Pressure's it. Pressure's off. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, now I, I'm, like, in the suburbs right now just visiting, and 
She has two gay pride flags in a flower pot, and she has two giant hate has no home here signs. <laughs> and it's like, we get, like, uh, honestly, like, you're kind of being gayer than me right now. <laughs> <laughs> and she, like, she texted me during Pride Month. She was, like, at Target, and she's like, these look fun. I'm like, I do not want these, Mom. Damn, I wish I got a happy yeah. Pride text from my dad. Which is, like, I think, uh, you know, like, obviously, being having supportive families is definitely a lot better than a lot of other people's experiences, but it's all, everything sucks. Yeah. <laughs> like, we also never had the sex talk ever, so I feel like, like, we, it, that was kind of the, the most of the sex talk. Like, oh, Ross is gay, so, like, I guess butt stuff now <laughs> is a thing that we're, that, another thing we're not going to talk about in the family. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. But back to things that made us gay. Which, so, yeah, so, what, so, we were talking a little bit earlier about, like, it, did people. When you came out, did they already know? Mm-hmm. A lot of people already knew. They were like, I knew. And I, I was like, you could have told me. <laughs> like, like, I buy, to, like, uh, like June, it was like sophomore year of uh, college. I was like staunchly just like, I feel like this is coming and I'm not trying to do that right now. Because <laughs> like my whole thing was like, I really want biological children. I'm like, who cares? <laughs> yeah. I'll be an uncle. I'll be a biological uncle. That's cool. Uh, yeah. I, people did not know. Or, and people generally don't know if I don't come out to them. People like I, I started my job that I work at now in November, and people I'm, I'm still not out uh, just because there are homophobes in our midst. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. it created. But when I do come out, or when I did come out in high school, it created a different sort of or set of constraints in a way because I would come out, and then and then guys would be like, "Oh, well, you seem like pretty cool for a gay guy." And yeah. that right. Fucked me up in the head afterwards because I felt so much pressure after that to be a certain kind of a. Mm-hmm. of a homosexual because I had to be the cool gay guy who hung out with like the straight people Ugh. and who was like acceptable to them. You know what I mean? And, yeah. And I didn't even realize what that was until like 10 years after that where I was like, <laughs> oh, I never had to do that. I didn't have to be that just because that was the, the arbitrary way that they were like, well, we'll hang out with you and be cool with you as long as you, even my mom was like, well, when I came out to her, she was like, that's okay, but please don't do like girly things. And I was like, okay. All right, mom. Thanks. Love you too. You know, she didn't. She didn't know what she was saying. Yeah, and like I think that's the thing. It's a lot of just like innocuous things that people are like, "Oh, I'm I'm like being nice and being supportive," but it's like, "Well, you're putting weird." uh, Right. That's a lot of internalized misogyny. There's Mm -hmm. a lot of internalized homophobia, Mm -hmm. and then it makes you think that you can't explore your femininity Mm -hmm. as a person. Not even like you know, sexuality aside, just makes you think that. Okay, well, we don't, we don't, we we think you're okay now, but if you like delve too far into like this yeah. flamboyant gay, like we'll we're gonna drop you. Yeah, yeah, I've been like dipping my toes in, it and I have like I have a pair of like booty shorts now, and I'm just like, oh, this is cool. <laughs> I'm like, oh, I get why people like this. And I th- <laughs> yeah, and, and yeah, homophobia is a, a sucky thing. Not a children's Okay, I have a one last sure. animal cartoon that I was attracted <laughs> yeah, yeah. to, and then I'll cool it. Now, then I have a real person. Um, but my last person is Kovu from Lion King Two. Yeah, hot bad boy. See, yeah, come on. That's not Kovu? weird. Kovu, the bad boy lion. I didn't see Lion King 2. Oh, fuck off. If we want to talk, if we want to talk Lion King 1 and a half, I'm all ears. <laughs> of course you are. I have that on DVD. That was incredible. Yes, yeah, so you could watch it over and over again and be like, man, Timon and Pumbaa, there's some crazy people. I can't so believe they farted a pride rock. Them. Um, so what, what's, 
so what's what's the what's the whole deal with COVID? I feel like my sexuality, I was either attracted to like hyper feminine women or like shitty bad boy men or lions. Um, so I was really into Kovu because he was dangerous, he was dark and mysterious. And that like foils Lola Bunny, Roxanne, and Jessica Rabbit in a nice way. Is Kovu kind of like the like the second movie's scar? He is Scar's nephew. Oh. Does yeah. he also have a scar? I don't think he does. Oh, good for him. I know. They've come so far. Maybe that's why Scar was so mean. He's like, ugh, I just don't have the confidence anymore. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but like, Kovu is kind of set to be the next evil like, Got it. person. Yeah. Um, but then you know, he falls in love with Simba's daughter. I think that's who it is in the next one. Hmm. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I think it's Simba. called like Simba's Pride. Yes. Yeah. I think. Yeah. Um, so yeah, there's this whole thing where he's like, I'm so bad, and then she's into him, so I didn't feel as crazy, but then he kind of like grapples with his evilness, mm-hmm. um, and I was just like always really into that. Yeah. Just I thought I was always going to be, like if you ever saw John Waters' Cry Baby, I thought I would be like the good girl to like go bad, or like, uh. or make the bad guy good. I was really down for whatever happened. <laughs> Either outcome so, I was Were into. you a big fan of like Sandy then from Greece? I wasn't as much into Sandy because she lacks personality, and she just... What? No, falls. she's timid. Oh, right. Oh, yes. The main personality trait, shy. She's timid and wears sweaters. Yeah. And, like, at the end, she just, like, turns bad just to, like, get his attention again. So, like, that was weak. Um, so, like, if it was, like, a genuine fall to hell, then I would have been more into her. Uh, I was rockabilly in high school. So I feel wow. like I was just really into these, like, pinup women. <laughs> <laughs> I, like, didn't get pinups as a kid. I was just like... Well, you're gay, so it makes yeah, sense. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah but when I, like, at five below, how they would just have, like a Sports Illustrated swimsuit just, like, blown up on a poster. And I was like, why would you just have that in your room? And I, like, my the poster in my room was, like, National Sarcasm Society. Like, we need your support. (laughs) (laughs) I I think that I honed a lot of my queerness through rockabilly because I would have, like, pinups in my room. I, like, idolized Betty Page. And my family just thought that I wanted to be them, not that I wanted to fuck them. Yeah. So... Yeah, before you're sexually active and, like, understand sex, like, everything that you feel is just kind of like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just weirdly <laughs> obsessed with Dita Von Teese. It's so like my favorite why? song is on the radio <laughs> in my heart. Uh, uh, <laughs> I used to, when I was in high school, I worked at a video store. Uh, mm. I'm very jealous. Yeah, and to paraphrase my friend, my friend uh, Alex Grubart, if you've never worked in a video store, you never will. I know. It's true. That, the era is over. The blockbuster by my house closed right before I was like of legal age to work, and I will always be upset about it. That's really too bad. So <laughs> I had all these free like movie posters that I would like take home and put up in my room, mm-hmm. and the one that I set up directly across from my bed was of uh, Dead Man on Campus, which was... <laughs> Who's in that? It is... Uh, let's see here. I pulled up the Wikipedia page. It's Mark Paul Gosseler from Saved by the Bell and Tom Everett Scott. Who was an American werewolf in London? Oh. There was like Paris. There was an American werewolf in, in, in Paris. He was a very you know short-lived like heartthrobby kind of a guy, and the poster for Dead Man on Campus is like the two halves of like their faces, and they're wearing like the graduation caps, and I just wanted them to kiss so. Oh. <laughs> yes. Was that your first ship? 
I think that was my first ship. Definitely wanted them to make out in that movie. And oh. no matter how many times I watched it, they never do. I've like still barely had any like same-sex crushes, like celebrities. Because for a while, my like straight one that I would tell people was like Felicia Day. If anybody knows who that is, she's like a she's like like a nerd queen. Like that's her whole thing. Oh yeah, she uh, she was in that, min- in that web series. Yeah, she was in Doctor Horrible. She yeah. was uh, Penny. Oh, oh yes. And oh my god, I was like, oh, she's so approachable and nice. Because <laughs> <laughs> actually, I guess the one that's doing it for me right now is currently Neil Patrick Harris is filming a movie and he has a mustache, and I don't know why, but boy oh boy, do mustaches make me Oof. happy. That gets yeah. you? And oh. people are like, shave it. And he's like, no, I'm doing a movie. And I'm like, don't ever shave it. <laughs> did, I, did either of you have like a fake, like a go-to straight crush? I feel like it was Aaron Carter. Ooh. Watched Lizzie McGuire and I was like, right, okay, that's what, that's what they like. So I just pretended <laughs> to be super into him. Uh, no, Michelle Rodriguez, the girl fight. <laughs> I mean, I still, I still get. I mean, you know, you know, she's a bad girl, and I, I really get yeah. down with that. I actually just remember looking at my notes. Um, my first like, didn't realize it was a gay crush was uh, Joseph Gordon-Levitt in Third Rock from the Sun. Yes. Oh, yeah. So he so had, adorable. for those of you who aren't familiar, he had like a, a ponytail, and he was just like confident because. The whole premise of the show is aliens inhabit like a family's bodies, which is fucked. But like, like the uh, like an elder alien inhabits the body of just like spunky teenager Joseph Gordon-Levitt, <laughs> and he's just like strong and commanding, and like he knows how to get shit done. Right. And I really wanted to have that hair, and my mom said no. <laughs> but also knowing what my, how my hair grows, it would be impossible. Like. It would just be... She was looking out. Thanks, Mom. I also wanted (laughs) to get a buzz cut, and she's like, no, we're Jewish. That's not a thing that we can do. (laughs) That will not work in our society. Um, (laughs) uh, Are there there any last, uh, like, movies or characters or TV shows that we kind of, that are glossing over that were kind of, like, important? I was... my, My thing, like, I connected to, like, very goofy, nerdy characters growing up mm-hmm. like I was uh, you know like I, I don't know how much of this is a crush actually maybe I don't know looking back it's just turning and turning but Rick Rick Moranis uh, you know Little Shop of Horrors oh. uh, Gremlin uh, not Gremlins uh, <laughs> Ghostbusters yeah. Honey I Shrunk the Kids like I just actually, love that actually the main guy from Gremlins though pretty good also yeah also like a nerdy he's just goofy. like bad at working at a bank and yeah, that's fun <laughs> I think that's just so adorable like um, Ferris Bueller's best friend and Ferris Bueller's Day Off Cameron Fry yes yeah. Oh my god, such a worry ward, and I just think that is so hot. Like, Anxiety. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> neuroses. I really Honestly, do. I am a lot like Cameron when I hang out with friends because I'm the one that's like, wait, are we allowed to be here? Oh, I'm so that person too. <laughs> like, if somebody took somebody else's reservation, I would be genuinely upset. I'd be like, you can't do that it's like, to it's the sausage the restaurant king of Chicago. <laughs> Um, my one and only human crush on my list <laughs> is uh, Miss Honey from Matilda. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh. I saw some chest clenching. <laughs> I loved it. Um, I just loved her grace and her gentility, and she was just such a 
beautiful mentor and like mother figure for Matilda. Mm-hmm. Um, and also just like my own like mommy kind of issues. I just like really feel so nurtured by Miss Honey. And Aww. as a kid, I was just like, I wish she was my adoptive mom. But now I'm like, I wish she was my older hot girlfriend. <laughs> <laughs> um, and like one thing I thought I'd bring up because, and we kind of touched on this before that, um, before you're out, um, and like, you know, it, it, we're, this is 2019, but you know, like back when we were growing up in like the, the mid eighties and nineties, like queer characters were very much like one note. And even like yeah. until three months ago, um, <laughs> that I was know, still the right? case. like for me, a big one, cause I was in fifth grade when high school musical came out mm. and, uh, Ryan, who is like, if you know the movie Sharpay's brother who is like clearly gay like I just recorded an episode about it and he wears nine different hats in the movie Mm -hmm. and I was just like well that's not me so I okay I guess I'm not gay back to I only have eight hats (laughs) back to musical theater practice (laughs) but like I feel like they there were like there people and characters like that even if like well-intentioned just kind of like oh that's fun like just kind of made me want to be like eh maybe that's not me yeah Mm -hmm. yeah for sure I remember watching Con Air when I was a teenager, mm-hmm. with Nicholas Cage isn't gay in this movie. <laughs> and there's and there's a gay there's a cartoonish gay character in Con Air who is a hairdresser. Uh-huh. And at some point, this this gay character is in the elevator with a bunch of the heroes, or I don't know. And there's like this life or death situation, and then uh, you know it passes, and then the guys the the hairdresser's like, "Well, do you still want that haircut?" Like, and I remember looking at that and being like, "Well, I, I don't think I could be gay because that's not." Right? Is that just like you just described? Is like that yeah. thing where like, well, Very I don't identify feminine. with this. But what's my deal? Refreshingly, and you don't mess with the Zohan. Zohan was like, I'm not gay. I just like to cut and style. <laughs> and that was very refreshing and progressive. So thank you, Adam Sandler, uh, savior of the queer God, people. Yeah, truly. With such nuanced performances. I feel like I didn't have any like queer women to look up to in media. I feel like gay men and like effeminate gay men was definitely more in the media. Um, Metrosexual was definitely a word that was thrown around a lot in the early 2000s. But growing up, I didn't really think I had any characters. I think it was mainly just girls and like women friendships that I was projecting a lot onto. Uh, Even like Charlie's Angels, I was like, when are they gonna kiss? Um, But watching like Lizzie McGuire, like Lizzie and Miranda, I was like, oh my God, I love that. I want that kind of relationship. Um, But I didn't really get to see any dykes in media. For me, like the one that comes to mind that not intentional, but I think as a kid, I subtly thought so was Harriet and Harriet the Spy. Just because she was like spunky, oh, she I had overall one. like I think any character with overalls as a kid, I was like, oh, they're gay. Um, oh, I need to get me some overalls. <laughs> that, might, that might just be a me thing and me being jealous that I can't pull off overalls. <laughs> oh, you can. Get no, I've tried. I, so when I was in Guys and Dolls in high school, Ooh, um, a they, very very good they, start. There, there's, so there's like a fantasy sequence at the end where the ladies are like, why can't Nathan and Sky Masterson be like good men? And so they had me pop up on stage from darkness and I'm just smiling, holding a flower and wearing overalls. And then she's like, nah. So that was like the clothes <laughs> I came. And the wardrobe person for my high school was like, yeah, they, we have to like really work. Like none of these sizes make sense for your body. Cause it either, I either was like squeezed like a toothpaste tube or I looked like that, 
that guy from Between the Lions who had like giant overalls and people would like throw fish in his pants. <laughs> you know? <laughs> that image is escaping me, but yeah. I believe you. <laughs> Maybe I'm having a stroke right now. It is 100 degrees outside. <laughs> well, we, we were talking about Lion King. I definitely was obsessed with Scar. I would mm. make my mom play that yes. song, Be Prepared, uh, uh, over and over and over again when she would drive me to school, song. and I would sing it over and over. And then, yeah, 10 years later, like, be prepared for was, what? <laughs> to come out of the closet. Apparently, yeah. he was a queer coded villain. And I, well, all the of time. them are queer coded. I think Be Prepared was about anal training. <laughs> <laughs> and, like, all the hyenas are like. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know what? Anal is a great transition. <laughs> So uh, I want to have some sort of segment before we left here. And so uh, this is one of our favorite segments on the show. And because I forgot to play this audio clip before, we're going to play it right now. So um, we're in Philadelphia on South Street. And one of the most famous things around here is uh, Condom Kingdom, which is a sex shop. So I bought some sex gummies, and we're going to try them for this edition of Tasty Treat or Taste Like Feet. And here's a little clip. Here's my costume designer, Kevin. Hello. Keep it happy. Keep it snappy. Keep it gay. Thank you, Mel Brooks. So, <laughs> so I got um, these are called gummy sutra, sex position <laughs> shaped shaped gummy treats. So I'm gonna take one. If you guys want to take them, and are they human the, figures or are they just the genitals? Uh, no, they no, are the whole vaguely. Oh, wha- these are a lot more graphic than I thought. They, there's like oh real detail. God. So if anybody in the audience would like to come up, you're more than welcome to grab. I don't um, even know what these gummies gummy. are doing. Yes. Oh, I think this so is... They don't come labeled. I think mine's reverse cowgirl. This looks like missionary, but like somebody's leg is way out in a direction that I don't get. <laughs> so there... He's like this, doing lunges into this other person. I don't think this one is... Oh, okay. This is like... This is that technique of anal where like you put... You put your leg, you put your feet on the shoulders and then you kind of go up and down yeah. in the middle like that. Mm-hmm. Um... And so, yeah, I guess we should take, like, these look like, they, this look like the, the, uh, the Bic, like, they guy. Do. It looks they like do. the Bic the pen Bic, mascot the Bic is, like, they genderless, fucking. and I appreciate it. Yeah, yeah this is genderless, um, and, uh. Yeah, and they're bald, so I can appreciate that. Yeah, and, uh. They're so thick. And you know what? They're, only, like, too thick in Only six mouth. grams of sugar. Let's go and see so. It's, mm. like, mm. so. Oh, my God. Mm, I just put it show. all in. No yeah. one's bites. Mm. I mean, I think that's appropriate for sex gummies. These are, like, good, though. I like not bad. Them. No. Is it weird? I mean, no, it's definitely weird if I, like, have a bowl on my desk at work, and I'm like, just have some candy. I'll bet, like, nobody would notice. No. Nobody would even notice. Because they're like, not very... Gra- I mean, they're, like... They just look like stick figures. Yeah. I nearly got ones that specifically looked like penises and vaginas, but like they had really uncomfortable names that I didn't want to say out loud. Oh, okay. um, but Gummy Sutra, that's kind of cute. Yeah, does it say what they are? I'll have another ones? one. Oh. Yeah, sure. So they're, they're <laughs> from, they are from the company Hot, Hot Products Unlimited. So for all of your unlimited needs, they're not paying us to say this. We're just a fan <laughs> of the product. Um, so the rating system that we usually give for snacks of any kind on this podcast, we give it uh, either Tasty Treat, uh, Reedy Deet, or Wooden, or what is it? Taste Like Feet? It's a really convoluted system. But what are you thinking? Do you guys like these? If they could throw some like CBD in there, like I'd be like all about it. Yeah, Ooh. I'd say that tasty tr- treat. What about what about you? And the, does anybody have a particular? Do, what did what anybody get thoughts, any good audience? sex gummies out there? No one's making eye contact. <laughs> I get it. 
Yeah, I mean, you know. <laughs> I, remember, I saw I saw porn the other night where like a guy was trying to eat a butt, but he kept licking a lollipop and then slapping the lollipop on the butt. And I'm like, that's a good idea. <laughs> like, definitely, that's gonna be terrible afterwards. But I mean, you know. I mean, I've used flavored lube. Yeah. Yes. Like, I mean, you make the ass taste sweeter, and you make. The lollipop tastes like ass. (laughs) Is that like the ending of an Aesop fable? (laughs) But (laughs) you know, we're we're kind of we're wrapping up here. Mm -hmm. So uh, definitely, once again, I do want to thank Philly Podcast Festival for having us uh, for a second year. Um, Are there are there any last minute though, like just queer uh, characters or uh, queer things that you just want to throw out there before we leave? Because I know we could talk about plenty of other things. Oh, boy. Because like, I, I will say, we talked. I mentioned Toy Story 4 at the beginning. <laughs> I'm very confident in saying that um, Forky is the gay icon of the 21st century. Oh, wow. I'm very confident in saying that, mm. except I don't, I don't like that people are going around being like, I'm like Forky because I'm trash. And I'm like, you're trash for other reasons. Uh. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that's why I don't go around the gayborhood. I'm like, this isn't, I don't belong here. <laughs> I'm Forky in the gayborhood, I think. Aww. Aww. <laughs> <laughs> I'm um. not a toy. <laughs> Oh, I'm a toy. Um, that's my parting thought. <laughs> use me. Miss Honey could definitely use me any day. Uh, do you have any last last thoughts? No. no. That's okay. I'm just, I'm just gay. I'm just over here being gay. Fair enough. Well, anyway, I just want to thank uh, everybody for coming out here for Tattooed Mom. I know it's super hot out, but I'm glad that you were able to make it. I want to give it up for my guests, Alejandro Morales, Oliver oh, Deleuze. Oh, oh. They're super funny. Um, when is the next uh, uh, episode of K? Okay, the uh, Our Spanish. next episode. <laughs> yeah, I for, this is podcast land. So you you have a residency at the Good Good Comedy Theater every month. Um, yes, we are every second Friday at seven p.m. at Good Good Comedy Theater. We do um, Spanish language improv together, Alejandro and I. And our next show is going to be Friday, August 9th. Fantastic. So and, I'll, and I'll be hosting the very last Eat Your Beats at Good Good Comedy Theater food-themed rap battle game show on uh, Friday, August 16th at and 8.30 p.m. I will be on that. That's right. Ooh. Yeah. And uh, maybe, maybe I'll be forky. We'll okay. figure it out. <laughs> uh, but anyway, uh, thank you all for so, uh, so much for coming. That is all for today. We will hear you next week. And go, go, gadget, and show, <laughs> bitches. <laughs>